Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you. Now, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. Philippians 2, 3 through 8. It says this, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Amen. There is no greater relationship example than Jesus. No matter if it's husband, if it's wife, if it's friend, it doesn't matter who it is. He became a servant to all. Amen. Lord, I thank you right now for the word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your word. Lord, they didn't come to hear a word from men. They've come to hear a word from you. And so, Lord, right now, I pray that you would use me to speak to the hearts of your people. Let everyone be changed. Let no one leave the same. And everybody said, amen. Come on, turn to somebody on your right and say, you look fantastic. I'm going to be nice today. Turn to the person on the left. Say, you look even better. Come on. I'm going to be nice. If you're taking notes today, you can title this message, Intentional Parenting. Intentional Parenting. Now, I love preaching on parenting. Uh, uh, we, we, I usually do it once a year uh, because it is a very important topic. The thing is, is that you have to understand that it is really easy to become a parent, but it's not easy to be a parent. It's even fun to become a parent, right? I mean, the, the act of actually uh, becoming a parent is a good thing. But, but then when we actually get this little pa- uh, pile of mush and we end up taking it home, we realize that we're not only responsible, but we have to raise this child for the next 18 years. And, and it's an overwhelming task. And there's a lot of people that, are, that have become parents but not been parents, they, they check out. They're not around. They, they, don't, they, they, they spend too much time at work or they're busy and they're out of their kid's life. And I'm here to tell you that I believe as, as Christians, one of the greatest responsibilities that you have as a Christian is to raise godly kids. To raise kids that will go out into the world and to be the next leaders, whatever that is. And so it's something that we take very seriously here at the church. And, and about once a year, I'll preach on it. Now, here's the deal is that if you're in this place and you're thinking, well, I'm not a parent. And I'm not planning on being a parent. And I, I but and maybe you're in high school and you're, can I just tell you, or maybe you're a kid, take even better notes because you can hold your parents to these standards. So when they start doing something wrong, you can say, no, mom and dad, you remember Pastor Brian said, and throw it in their face. And I guarantee you it will go over really well. Don't do that. I'm just kidding. Don't do that, kids. Don't do, don't do that. Uh, but, but here's the deal is that may, uh, uh, Nancy was talking and, and uh, was telling us, she, she said, uh, she sat through our youth ministry, and I mean, she's heard us preach, me and Crystal preach a lot. And, uh, and there was times that she was in, uh, in, in a message series, and she said, you know, I didn't think that I could get anything out of it, but I still listened, and I still took notes, and I just didn't think it applied to me. And, and she said, it's amazing to me how much God was preparing me then for who I am today. And can I tell you that it doesn't matter what stage of life, you can, you can learn something in a season that you're not in. 
You could, you could learn something today, and so you might not be a parent. You might not be planning on being a parent, but I promise you one day you will be, and one day if you take good notes, we have a saying here that paper doesn't forget. Come on. So if you take good notes, you can take these and apply them to your lives. I believe uh, uh, in uh, the nationwide survey was recently done, and they asked parents to grade themselves with an A, B, C, or D on how good of a parent they are. Now, every person that took the survey graded themselves with an A or a B. But then they were asked to grade their neighbor on the same scale. And they graded their neighbor with a D. And what they realized is that it's a lot easier to see mistakes and flaws through windows than it is to see them in mirrors. And I think a lot of us, we, it's really easy to point out all the failures and all the faults and all the mistakes. You, you, know, you know who you are. You always are pointing out everybody else's, well, if I was their parent, if I was this, I, I, would, I would do X, Y, Z. And the thing is, is you have to understand that it doesn't matter what they're doing. It matters what you're doing. And if you'll take the advice that you give everybody else and apply it to your own life, maybe you would start making an impact on the people that really matter. Amen? And I know what everybody in here is doing. You're thinking, oh, man, he's preaching on parenting, and Susie ain't here. And she needs it. She is the worst parent ever. <laughs> you know who you are. You're, you're thinking of everybody else that needs to hear this message. And, and, and you're going to, as soon as I, as soon as they put that podcast out, I'm tagging her in it. Susie's getting her name put in it. And, and she's going to, cause I, she needs to hear this. I'm going to take notes and I'm going to text them to her so that she, she can get this message even though she's not here. Can I tell you that God doesn't have Susie here. He has you here. And you need to stop thinking about everybody else that needs to hear this message and say, God, what are you speaking to me in the middle? of this message. Amen? Amen. Can I give you seven uh, things that every parent should avoid? Seven things that every parent should avoid. Come on, say you love me. Come on, say you love me. It's going to be okay, right? Seven mistakes you should avoid as a parent. Number one, we are in the room, but we're not in the moment. We're in the room, but we're not in the moment. You know, in, when I grew up, we didn't have cell phones. You know, I was telling my, my kids are always amazed. My, one time I was telling my daughter the things that we didn't have, and she's like, did y'all have running water? Like, like she, it's, it's literally uh, one of those things that shocked her. Because, you know, only really rich people had bag phones back in the day. Come on. Y'all remember the bag phone? Y'all, kids, you, you just hold on, okay? Uh, we're we're going to take it back. We, uh, the rich people had the bag phones. It was like doctors and lawyers. So we didn't have any of this. So our parents really lived in a moment. It, uh, Crystal talked about it a little bit last week, but it's amazing how people don't talk anymore. And one of the greatest phobias that's taking the world by storm is the fear of actually talking on the phone. It's, it's not, will we just text somebody? I'll just send it back to them. And the thing is, is that we're really bad about uh, being in the room, but not in the moment. The other day, uh, we invited two other couples over for dinner. And they're in this room, and I'm not going to point them out, Nancy, Jimmy, Candace, and Michael. But uh, so we we're in the we get done with dinner and I'd cook some amazing meal on the grill I'm sure and um, and uh, and so we get done eating and we're all having a good time and we're sitting around 
and we think this is the time that we should be talking, and every one of them, including my wife, is on the phone looking at Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or Snapchat or something else. Now, here's the thing, is that you can be in a room but not in a moment. And I think that God has not called you just to be present in your children's life, but to actually be involved in your children's life. He wants you, He has put you there for a reason. And if you're not careful, you can let other people distract you from what you're called to do. And maybe you're in here and you're like, well, I don't look at Facebook and I don't look at Instagram and I don't do that. You can also, you could be thinking about everything that you need to be doing instead of doing what you should be doing. A 2012 survey showed that 80% of people continued to work after leaving the office. 38% checked email at the dinner table. 69% of people can't go to sleep without checking their email. You know, and, and it's, it's, I think it even gets worse when you end up working from home. You know, when you actually have to work from home. My wife is, she, she, I, was, I was telling her about this message. She's like, oh, that's me. Because that, I, I, we'll be sitting around, and when I check out, I check out. You know, it's like, I'm done with work. I'm good. Don't call me. Don't bother me. I'm good. Uh, and, but she'll be sitting over there, and it'll be 9 o'clock at night, and she's work, typing away on her computer. She types like a million miles an hour. And she's typing away, and I say, what are you doing? What, why are you, what, are you working? Uh, yeah, yeah, I just had to get a couple of things done. I'm like, no, you have to start drawing some boundaries and some guidelines, parents. Come on, we need to start, we need to start saying, uh, yeah, it's time for me to put the phone down and to actually live in the moment with my kids. It's time for me to actually start spending some quality time with my kids, doing something that we can all do together. One of my favorite things is Monday nights because Monday night is our family night. And uh, sometimes it doesn't happen on Monday, so it gets pushed to Tuesday. Come on. Or it doesn't happen on Tuesday, so it gets pushed to Wednesday. See, it's not about the day. It's just about the time that we spend together. And what we do on that night is we say, you know what? We're putting everything else aside. I'm not checking my phone. I'm not checking messages. I'm not looking at emails. I'm not thinking about what's work. And I'm just going to live in this moment. So we get together and we play a game or we go bowling or we do something fun together because it's so important for us to be in the moment. You can be at every game that your kid goes to and not be in the moment. Amen? Number two, we project our lives onto our kids. We project our lives onto our kids. In other words, we try to make our kids something that we never became. I understand that you you were the best baseball player and an injury took you out, but can I tell you that I, I coach kids and it's always here's what's funny is it's always the worst player that their parents think they're the next Nolan Ryan. I'm like, this kid doesn't even know the difference between first and third. Come on, people. And you think that he's the next uh, uh, amazing all-star kid. And the truth is, is little Johnny probably isn't going to be Nolan Ryan. He's probably going to be a computer programmer. Come on, let's just be real here. And, and Because that's what he loves and that's what he's about. See, the thing is, is that it shouldn't matter what your kid gift or talent is. You should push them in the direction that they're talented, not in the direction that you want them to be talented in. Stop trying to live your life through your kids. 
and start saying, honey, if you don't like doing this or if you don't feel like this is something that you want to do, I, I have parents that put kids in baseball and their kids will come in and they say, I hate playing baseball. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be a part of this. And their kid, their parents keep signing them up because they have a dream and their kid had, wants no part of it. Stop living your life through your kids. Start just understanding that God has called you to cultivate the dream and the gift on the inside of them. Amen? Number three. We make our kids' happiness our priority. And I know I get a little pushback on this because aren't we all supposed to make our kids happy? Absolutely. You want your kids to be happy. But can I tell you that happiness is a byproduct? It's not a goal. Happiness is a byproduct. When you find their gift, when you find their talent, when you find and they get into what they're doing, what they know that they're called to do, all of a sudden, man, they, they are happy and they are full of joy. Now, here's the thing is that we have made our lives all about our kids. It is all, our life revolves around our children. My kids will come in and they, they sit, they just like, they're vultures. They just sit in the living room and they're hovering around saying, Dad, what are we going to do next? Dad, what are we going to do? Come on, what are we going to do? I, I'm bored. I'm bored. Come on, how many of you have heard that? I'm bored. I need something to do. I need, here's the deal is that my parents growing up never entertained me one time. They weren't there for my entertainment. Come on. They, they weren't there to try to uh, put on a show for me. But some way and somehow, our, we think that that's our job as parents, is we're here to do backflips and to do whatever our kids want and to try to make them happy. And the truth is, is that you're doing yourself no favor. We had one rule growing up, and that was when you leave the house, you don't come back until it got dark. Or dad whistled. Come on, dad had to whistle, and you could hear that thing four blocks away. But, but we didn't come back. Oh, you get thirsty? Drink out of a water hose. Come on. When I said drink out of a water hose, some of you had flashback, and you can taste hot water hose water. You, 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 you what, what, what it was about was it was because our parents had busy lives and they had things going on and they were doing other things and it, they weren't there for my entertainment. They weren't there to keep me entertained. They knew that if I would go out, I would have fun. I would do something. I would find something to, to entertain myself. Stop making your life revolve around your kids. Some of you have no life personally because it's all about your kids. You got your kids in 85 sports. Amen. I'm going to get off that. It's not all about your kids' happiness. There, uh, we, we have one rule. We have uh, our kids can be in one sport a season. So we let them pick. So if it's baseball, he can be in baseball. If it's football, he can be in football. But I'm not going to take my kid from baseball to football to soccer. Because it gets too overwhelming. Amen? Number four, we are inconsistent. We are inconsistent. I was in a restaurant the other day, and uh, this hippie mom was sitting over in the corner. And uh, she was, uh, th- this, this little boy was throwing a full-on tantrum. I mean, just throwing a fit. 
And I'm kind of, you know, it's like, it's always bad when you get stuck by the kid that's screaming. Anybody can relate to this? Because uh, I, I always, it feels like I always, I'm always that guy that gets caught, like, on the plane with the kid that's going to cry for two hours. And, and uh, but I was sitting here by this kid, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, man, if I, and that, I had one of those moments, man, if I was that boy's dad, I would, whoo, he don't want to be a part. But she goes, okay, so here's the, here's the thing, son, is that you need to behave. We're in a restaurant. You need to behave. So I'm going to count to three, and when I get to three, oh, you're in trouble. It's going to be bad. And so I'm like, okay, let's see what happens. And she goes, one, two. Why do you have to say two like that when you're counting? When parents count to two, why do they say two? Like, I want to smack you just for saying two like that, you know. I'm, and she gets to two, and she stops, and she said, no, I'm serious. I'm going to count to three, and when I get to three, it's going to be, you're going to be in big trouble, River. And, and here's the thing. And so she goes, one, two, and, and this continues to go on time after time after time. The reason why your kids continually step over your boundaries is because they know that you don't mean anything by them. When you set a line, it needs to be a line. And you say, you know what? This is what we're doing. This is the way that we're going to live our life. This is the what. These are the rules that are in place. And I don't care if you step over that. There is a consequence. Now, here's the thing: is that I will never tell you how to discipline your kids from the stage. That is between you and your husband, or you all on your own. That is your business. But I will tell you this: that when you make a decision and you draw a line, make it consistently. Make it something that it doesn't matter. I don't care. My dad had rules in place. And one day I, I uh, walked in at 11.01, and my curfew was 11, and he grounded me for three weeks. And I know a lot of kids are like, that's not fair. <laughs> but the thing is, is, it's not about fair. It was about a line that he had drawn, and I crossed it. It didn't matter if it was by 30 seconds or a minute. And the thing is, is that it didn't matter what your watch said. It mattered what his watch said. And, it didn't, and so he, here I walked in a minute late, and I was grounded for three weeks. What he was saying is, it doesn't matter, son. You need to understand that I, am cons- I have drawn this line, and I will be consistent to hold it. And let me, let me uh, also go ahead and tell you this. It, it can't be one parent and not the other. Dad can't be a hero and mom be the hammer, and it can't, or the vice versa. It can't be that way. Draw a line, and whenever, it, whenever you, you make that decision, whatever it is, make it consistently together. That's good preaching. I know it's good preaching. I'm going to keep doing it. I had a, a, a lady walked out, and she goes, man, I'm glad you're preaching this. I, I babysit for a living. I have to babysit these hellions. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, number five, and I'm just going to touch on this. I ain't going to get in it. Number five, we don't make church a priority. We don't make church a priority. Well, I know you're a pastor. That's your job. No, can I tell you something that I'm not saying be in church every Sunday. I understand life is busy. Okay, there, that you will never hear me. I, I'm not. Uh, I'm one of these people that you'll never see me go. Where you been the last three weeks? Because I understand life is busy. Okay, that, that. So whenever we say we missed you, we don't mean where you been. 
We just mean we missed you. We understand life's busy, but here's the deal, is that when church is a priority and you can be at church, be at church. And, and don't be like, oh, dang it, we got to go to church today. You know, it's, uh, the Bible says that I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. See, we need to have a joy about, man, we get to go today. It's been a crazy month, but today we get to go worship God together. We get to go spend time in the presence of God. We get to go worship the King of Kings and make church a priority. When you can be there, make it. Can I tell you, dads, please do this. Dads do this. Moms do it too, but dads, you know, the, you know one of the worst attended Sundays is Father's Day. Because dads go, I get the day off. I'm going to go play golf. The best, one of the best attended is mom's, uh, Mother's Day. Because mom says, we're going to church. Make church a priority to your kids, amen? They say 80% of kids, when they graduate high school, won't go back to church. 80% when they leave a church or when they leave the house and go to college they won't go back to church because parents aren't making church the priority. Amen. Number 6, we're nearly done. We're we're nearly through this. Just take a deep breath. Everybody take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. Number 6, we give them what they should earn. We give them what they should earn. I, I uh, my first car was a 1984 Toyota Corolla. Come on, somebody! It was wore out. It had tons of miles on it, and I was so proud to drive. It was nearly, honestly, here I am. I think it was, it was borderline kind of pink color, like the. <laughs> I think they called it champagne, but let's just be real. It was kind of pink, but I was so proud of that car. I took, I mean, the, the seats were so worn out that the metal was kind of, come on, exposed. You had to roll up a towel, come on, somebody, and put it in there or else it was. And I was so proud of that car that I babied it. I took care of it. I worked hard for it. I paid for insurance. I paid for uh, the gas. I did all of it. Why? Because I had to earn it, so I babied it. Now, on the other end of it, my friend, whose dad was a doctor, bought him a brand-new Ford F-150, and within two weeks he had totaled it. Mudding in a pasture and totaled it. Why? Because he didn't have to earn it. He knew that dad would go out and buy him another one and everything was going to be okay. Sometimes your kids need to learn that they got to earn something to get it. They had a, uh, recently they did a, uh, they had a, a kids program at a school. And uh, it was like a competition, and they were coming in. They were going to do different things. And, and, and so as soon as the kids showed up, they, they walked in the door, and just for showing up, they got a gold medal. They placed the gold medal on their neck as they walked in the door, just for showing up. Now, they, y'all know this is a pet peeve of mine, right? It's a, like everybody gets a trophy. Come on, you, you get a participation trophy just for, I know I participated. I don't need a trophy. But, but uh, here's the, here, so they give everybody a gold medal and they, as they walk in. Well, then they did the competition. And, uh, and so at, they're handing out medals at the end. And it started with gold. And then it went to gold one and then to platinum. Because the, the lowest standard was gold because nobody can get below that. And then to add insult to injury, they stood up and they said, Hey, listen, parents, we know that some of your kids didn't get, didn't place 
because they didn't do as good as that, you know, some of the others. And so, and that's okay, but we want everybody to know that they are awesome and they're amazing. So you can go into the foyer and all of the medals are for sale. So you can buy your kid whatever medal you think they deserve. Here's the thing is you are doing your, your kids no favor if you're, do, you're, you're giving them things that they should be earning. If they really want that trophy, they need to know that they got to go home and they got to practice and they got to work a little harder and they need to put uh, some effort into it. Can I tell you that in the business world, you don't get an A for effort, you get an F for fired. Come on, somebody. You don't do your job, you get fired. You don't meet the standard, you get fired. You gotta start, we gotta start saying, you know what, I know it's difficult, but if you really want it, start working for it. I'm not gonna give it to you. I'm not gonna hand it out to you. There's some things that you need to do, you need to roll up your sleeves and start working for. I thank God that I was raised that way. Number seven, last thing, we're done. We prepare the path for the child and not the child for the path. We remove every obstacle in our kids' way and try to make life as smooth as possible. There's no struggle. There's no fight. There's no difficulty. There, we, we, we try to take every obstacle and say, hey, listen, I, this is going to be difficult. We will remove our kids from any kind of struggle because we think that it's going to hurt them. Recently, uh, teachers put students from Singapore and American students in the same class and they gave them a math question that was more difficult than it was above, way above their grade level and the Singapore students worked for an hour to an hour and a half before they got the question right they worked and worked and reworked and redid and kept going at it the American student, every one of them gave up after 37 seconds. No resolve. There's no difference in the kids. The only difference in the way they were raised. And you have to, you got to know as a parent that sometimes you got to prepare your kid. That, that, let me tell you, that all of life will not be a smooth path. And all of life will not be laid out in front of you. And you will not get everything that you want just because you want it. Sometimes you're going to have to roll up your sleeves. And you're going to have to go to work. And you're going to have to struggle. And you're going to have to fight. And you're going to have to figure it out. But I'm here to tell you that if you want your dreams, son, daughter, you got to go after it. you got to push harder. I didn't get where I am because it was all handed to me. I got where I am because I worked for it and I rolled up my sleeves and I went after my dreams and you're going to be no different than me. We grew up with parents that prepared us for the path. Not the path for parents. We're so afraid to let our kids play because what if they get hurt? My, my dad had a rule, don't bleed on the carpet. <laughs> Ain't it true? And I tell you, sometimes your kids are going to struggle. And I'm not saying you put obstacles in their path just to be mean. But you sit down and say, you got this. You can do it. I made it through math class. You can make it through math class. 
Come on, I'm, I graduated. You can graduate. I work for my car. You can work for your car. Start preparing them for the path ahead. Amen. At The Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at thechurchrc.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at thechurchrc. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, you can email us at amen at thechurchrc.com.